Welcome to the Decipher podcast. My guest today is Jo van Bulk, who is one of the researchers behind uh, the recent uh, load value injection um, attack that affects a number of processors, and it kind of synthesizes some of these side channel and data leakage attacks that have been going on over the last couple of years. So, Yo, thanks very much for your time. Thank you for having me. Always happy to talk about research. Yeah. Um, so, as I mentioned, this kind of brings together some of the earlier uh, speculative execution and uh, side channel attacks that have been uh, published over the last few years, uh, specifically most of them about Intel processors, you know, Spectre, um, Meltdown, Foreshadow, Zombie Load, a lot of these. Um, how, how did you and your team um, kind of find the, the research avenue that you ended up going down? Mm, yeah, so so that's indeed true, right? It's very much this LVI attack is very much connecting all the dots together, and we are really excited about that because I think it's it's a really beautiful academic insight that sort of closes the loop of, of this research field. And if you look at how how this research field has been going over the last two years now, it's I think a very let's say organic growth. Um, where f at the same time, two perpendicular lines of attacks. Eh? You mentioned Spectre. There's a whole line of what we call now Spectre-type attacks. At the same time, a whole line of what we began to call uh, Meltdown-type attacks, including things like Zombie Load and Foreshadow. And at some point, we realized that actually they're not that fundamentally... Uh, well, they remain fundamentally different, but the, the insights gained in these two types of attacks can be combined and sort of close the loop with this, with this uh, new type of LVI attacks that applies Spectre techniques uh, to reversely exploit this meltdown leakage. Okay, so let's see if we can kind of explain at its simplest level what an LVI attack is. Mm -hmm. um, so at its simplest level, I think it's fair to say that uh, CPU and, and especially Intel CPUs has a number of permission checks, right? Um, that's also the, the foundation of uh, security. And what we have began to know since uh, early 2018 is that these permission checks are typically lazily enforced. That means that um, they are definitely enforced. So when once you do, let's say, security violation, the processor will stop you at some point. However, it takes a bit of time uh, for the processor to catch up. And um, in that time window, you have a limited... Um, uh, window where as an attacker you can do things with data that you should never see. And that's basically what enables things like meltdown, foreshadow, and zombie load. You, you get to what we call transiently, um, compute on, on data that you should not see. Right? What we do with LVI in, in one sentence is to turn that around. So that means that um, we abuse the exact same flaws. The CPUs still allow you to compute on data that you should not compute on. But we observe that all of the defenses uh, that we have seen over the last uh, two years come down to, to basically emptying, draining some of those internal buffers that keep that data. Um, and that's always done, of course, once you switch from the victim to the attacker. So the high-level picture is here, the victim and the attacker execute on the same processor. There is a number of, of buffers that accumulate data, including secrets, and you can get to, to know those using, let's say, uh, attacks like Foreshadow. What we did with LVI 
is to um, turn that around and now no longer leak victim data from those buffers, but put attacker control data in there. And then we take the victim into, again, transiently um, for a limited number of time, computing on that uh, false data. Okay. Um, and how, what would a typical attack scenario look like for LVI? So a typical attack scenario involves uh, some other piece of technical background. It involves what um, Intel calls enclaves. So it suffices to say that this is a super secure area in your processor, sort of a vault where, um, where, where top secret data uh, and, and programs live. And the cool thing about these SGX enclaves is that um, they explicitly distrust the operating system. So that means that um, as an adversary, we can control the operating system and we can do a number of things, including um, revoking permissions on, on such enclave uh, memory. Um, and that's sort of the first primitive we need for LVI. We need to be able to um, take the enclave into um, falsely assuming that it's accessing illegal data. And then um, sort of the second ingredient um, is to, to find, to carefully go manually through all that code and to find what we call gadgets. So, so sequences of instructions that when they operate on false data, uh, expose secrets. Okay, yeah. and if you're, if you're an attacker who's looking to exploit this or you know, execute one of these attacks, would you, what kind of access to the victim's machine would you need? Could you do it remotely or would you need local access? So we can do this fully remotely. Um, there's one key assumption here, namely you need root on the machine. And as I just explained, um, for this SGX enclaves, that's actually within the attacker model. Right? They try to protect against adversaries um, that have that control the operating system on the machine. Right? For instance, consider um, a piece of DRM where remote stakeholder, in this case, uh, the movie company sends out an enclave with some secret data and he, and he or she wants to execute that on an interest machine. That's what SGX is designed for. So what we, what we assume is basically root access um, to the machine over, let's say, SSH, for instance. That's how we did all of the attacks, right? We SSH into our lab machine, so it is definitely possible um, remotely. Okay. And where would you put the difficulty level of this type of attack is, you know, maybe compared to some of the other uh, speculative execution attacks? Um, it is definitely more difficult than some of the most dangerous attacks we have seen. So I, I consider the most dangerous attacks, uh, dangerous attacks being the original meltdown attack, also follow-up attacks like foreshadow and zombie load. There we have really strong evidence that you can extract data at multiple uh, kilobytes per second. Um, this LVI attack is a lot more difficult. So it's more the difficulty of um, spectre attacks. So it's even a bit unclear whether people would use this in the wild or not. Um, and we have data leakages at, at, at bytes per second instead of kilobytes per second. Okay, so it would be slower. It would be slower to start with, but also uh, in order to successfully exploit it, in order to get that leakage, um, you would have to do a lot of manual analysis and, and trial and error. Um, there's many, many things that can go wrong here. It's really a very subtle um, microarchitectural attack. 
how long did it did it take your team to perfect this technique, uh, considering how complex it is? Um, that's a good question, right? So this is again one of those organic uh, lines of research. So we started working on this um, early 2019 while working on on on, um, on other attacks like Fallout and Zombie Load, and then it took us, I think few weeks in order to get a stable proof of concept that we sent to Intel. Uh, this was um, April, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and then basically we worked on it for several months to, to, to let's say, um, uh, explore it further and, and write up an academic paper about it. So yes, it's, it's uh, definitely a, a considerable research effort. Yeah, it, so it was almost a year from the time you started, or even a little over a year from the time you started to the time you actually disclosed it. Yes, so it's almost a year until disclosure. Important note there, of course, is that this long uh, period of time was to allow Intel to develop a number of um, advanced countermeasures. Um, so it took us definitely less long to, to, uh, to perfect the attacks on our side, but we, we engaged in this lengthy embargo because we realized that, that yes, uh, Intel needs more time to um, defend against this type of LVI attacks. Yeah, you, you mentioned the disclosure process and in the in the paper and in the website that, that you, your team set up, it says that this is more difficult to fully mitigate than some of the other sort of related mm -hmm. attacks. Um, can you explain why it, it's so difficult to, to fully defend against? Um, so again, intuitively, um, if you look at all the other uh, meltdown type attacks, they could be fixed by means of um, updates to the CPU. So what we call microcode updates. These are updates in the hardware itself or um, transparent operating system updates. So what we see is actually that every time in for the last uh, attacks, um, it was possible to mitigate it at a lower abstraction layer, the CPU or the operating system, and that means that applications don't have to worry about that. So that means that only a select number of people, processor vendors, operating system builders, have to need some time to get these mitigations in place, and then transparently all the applications can, can basically benefit from those mitigations. What we see at LVI is that as these attacks come, become more complex, also the mitigations become more complex. And now we are at a level where it's not possible anymore to transparently mitigate that by, by flushing buffers at the operating system or, or um, processor level. And we actually need um, to deploy mitigations within the application itself. And um, that comes with a number of ramifications, right? Uh, one is that this is not transparent anymore. So every developer now has to recompile his or her uh, Enclave application, at least, um, to get those mitigations in place. And that also means that, um, well, compiler builds so the, the, that are actually used by applications all have to sort of take this into account. And we also see that there is a wider ecosystem there, right? There is many different um, compilers, and all of them need um, some form of those mitigations if they want to support that. Uh, with the application writers. Wow, so it's clearly a very complex uh, problem to defend against. Um, so maybe let's say that the defense that, that um, we also discussed in the paper and that, that Intel uh, went for, in itself is very easy. It basically comes down to 
committing an extra instruction which tells the processor to stop the pipeline. So, so it's basically what we call the fence instruction, the L fence instruction, and it sort of slows down the processor, sort of tells the processor, take a break here, wait until you code up. So that's a very simple idea. Of course, getting all those fences at the right places um, is very, very hard. And to give you some numbers, so so we checked uh, for some of those um, in, Intel so some of the Intel software. Uh, we counted, I think, 20-something fences before the mitigations, and we counted almost 50,000 fences after the mitigations. So it's really a, a big um, order of magnitude difference. Oh, wow. Does that mitigation have an effect on the processor's normal uh, performance? Definitely, yes. So those fences that tell the processor to take a break, slow down, also slow down your application, right? That's mm -hmm. an undesired um, consequence. Um, and we actually noticed very severe performance uh, slowdowns, also with a very big variance, so it will depend a lot on the actual application, but we measured from two to 19 times a slowdown. So that's really wow. huge. And in the meantime, I was also happy to see that some uh, other researchers have done some independent analysis and they had similar numbers. So it really seems uh, uh, that this will have a large performance impact, uh, at least for those enclave applications. Okay. But that, I mean, that's one of those trade-offs that you end up with in when there's a difficult security problem to solve. Um, yes, absolutely. Right. So it's the, the trade-off between performance and security has always been there. And with those, with, with these new attacks from uh, the last two years, we see that it only grows. And interestingly, we also see that that um, companies like Intel sort of decides to leave this this final decision of, of where to put the trade-off to the end user. So also for LVI, Intel came with, I think, three levels of mitigations. If you do the full, the full performance mitigation, then you're fully secure against uh, LVI attacks. But you also pay this, this huge performance overhead of up to 19 times slower. And that's why Intel also decided to release um, less far-going mitigations that still allow some variants of the attack, but um, would also incur less performance overhead. Um, okay. So it remains to be seen where, where, where this will end, I think. Is I know you're not a, a Intel engineer, or, you know, a, a hardware designer, but do you think that there's some, uh, you know, design level uh, protection against these speculative execution attacks that's coming down the line? Something that will kind of break this class of attack the way that we've seen some software mitigations be able to. Um, yes. So the the answer here is a, a bit nuanced. So the short answer is for LVI on the mid-term or maybe even short-term, um, these this hardware-level mitigations will be in place in newer processors. And we even see a very positive evolution here. So we tested a number of processors, and the most recent ones are less vulnerable to, to less variants of LVI. So we have a whole taxonomy of variants, and we see that older processors are vulnerable to, to many variants. And the longer the processor, the less variants, to the point where I think the latest Intel processor, Ice Lake, is considered to be not vulnerable to any of those variants. So okay. the, the short-term answer is that um, for, for these meltdown type attacks and LVI type attacks, silicon level mitigations will be in place. 
Um, why did I say nuance? Because there is a second category of attacks, what we call specter type attacks, and you mentioned the word speculation, right? So speculative execution attacks, uh, the specter type, there we don't have silver bullet solutions. And I don't think we will have those uh, anytime soon. So this is, I think it's fair to say, this is a research um, question, a research challenge for at least the next decade to figure out how to get that right and, and on what are the different options there and whatnot. I think we can expect, and we already start to see that as well, that uh, post-processor vendors will do uh, more efforts to, to expose certain features to the compiler, for instance, to try and get that balance a bit better. But the key, uh, I think the key problem with uh, Spectre type attacks is that um, this abstraction between the hardware and the software is no longer, um, um, it's no longer sufficient. So we really need to revisit that hardware software contract and, and um, try to yeah, incorporate security explicitly in there. Okay. And it, part, of, part of the problem here sounds like it's just the fact that uh, hardware in general and processors specifically have very long design and implementation timelines. So getting full mitigations and full protections in place for, say, a new line of processor is probably a years long process. Um, this is definitely a factor, right? But that's more a factor, I guess, that, that uh, is relevant to big companies like Intel. Yeah. Um, what we can also see there actually is that, that very interestingly, they somehow succeeded um, in speeding up this process, at least for, for some variants. So for instance, um, Meltdown and Foreshadow were disclosed in um, 2018. And we see that I think less than a year after that, they already had first um, Foreshadow and Meltdown resistant processes out there. So it seems that for these high impact security vulnerabilities, they sort of speed up this process considerably. The other thing is um, what I highlighted earlier. Yeah? So if even researchers don't know the answer as to how to do that, then it's not only a matter of um, how long it takes. Right? So for meltdown type attacks, also for LVI, we sort of know the answer. And it's a matter indeed of rolling that out as quickly and efficiently as possible. For specter type attacks, currently we really don't know um, how to mitigate those um, princip in a principled way. Okay. Um, Yo, know, is there any other further uh, avenues of research that, that your team is, uh, is looking at along these lines? Um, yes, definitely, right? So uh, I think most researchers uh, at this point in, in the field are, um, I would say, at least on, on, on two angles looking at this. And one angle is to further explore uh, novel attack variants and try to understand better uh, what is the remaining attack surface here, what are limitations of defenses. And LFI, I think, is, is one result in that line. But um, at the same time, we really want to think uh, longer term as well and think about how can we redesign processes um, with security in mind, sort of from the ground up. And uh, yeah, we have been doing some work on that as well, um, thinking about new protection mechanisms and um, how, they, how they can be exposed uh, to software. Okay, cool. Well, yeah, this is very cool work and I'm really, uh... I'm really happy that you had the time to, to uh, go through it with me. This is uh, very informative, and I really appreciate you taking so much time to explain it to everybody.
My pleasure. Thanks. All right. Hope to see some new research from you guys soon. And thanks again for your time. Okay. Bye bye. Thanks. Take care. Oh, you